You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. Deeper relationships are built when we spend time with people. Learn more about this truth and the mission to which we are called as Christians in this message from Pastor Joe Sulit from our Dare to Share series. Good morning, everyone. We're continuing our series. By the way, we're Every Nation. We are here to honor God and make disciples. If it's your first time here, welcome to church. It's so good to see all of you. We're continuing our series called Dare to Share. The mission continues. To those who were not here two weeks ago, we started the series and we talked about the power of the gospel of salvation to transform lives and to transform nations. And we understood that the good news is for everyone. It's not just for Christians. It's not just for your friends who are open to hearing about Jesus. The good news is for everyone. The Bible says whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. This means that anyone you know, Christian or non-Christian, can be saved if they believe and put their trust in Jesus Christ. Paul says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It is very clear as we talked about the last time, part of being saved is declaring with your mouth, proclaiming and preaching that Jesus is Lord. What I'm trying to say is that if you really are truly saved, then telling others about Jesus becomes a part of who you are. It's not just the pastor, it's not just me, it's not just your leaders who are supposed to preach the gospel to others. We all have been given the task to share Jesus to others, declare the gospel to all people. We are all on a mission. What we have learned so far is very foundational. The part of being Christians is to tell others about Jesus Christ. Yes, we need to walk the talk, but more importantly, we also need to talk the walk. Doing church together like this is good. The Bible tells us to meet regularly, and it is good that you are here. But there are people out there, right at this very moment, who think they're fine without God. They got good jobs. They drive nice cars. They live fairly decent and comfortable lives. They would say, I'm fine. God, well, maybe sometimes when I'm free, or maybe not at all. Why God? These people wouldn't even barely consider coming to a church service like this on a weekend. This place can accommodate without COVID maybe about 250 people or 300 if we open those doors. But we seldom get a fraction of that on a Sunday or on a Saturday when services are held here. Why? Because people rather would rather not go to church and be someplace else. And we cannot reach out to these people in the context of a church service like this. We're blessed that we can hear the Word of God today, but there are thousands and thousands of other people who do not come to church, who do not get the opportunity to hear the Word of God. Many deceived people think if they go to church, they're okay with God just on that basis. And we have a lot of Christians who believe that if they go to Sunday church or weekend church, then I'm fine for the week because I've 
check my obligation, my religious obligation as a Christian. I hope that you would not be just one of those Christians who are just comfortable coming to a church service like this, who would just not just be comfortable warming those seats on a weekend. I hope, just like Paul, we would be eagerly obliged to share the gospel to others who are not even interested in coming to a service like this. That is why we ended our sermon two weeks ago saying, we don't need to go to church next week. We are doing our services on the second and fourth Saturday of every month. It's funny. A follower of Jesus is not defined by where he sits on a Sunday. You are not defined as a Christian where you sit and spend your weekend service. Jesus didn't actually say, go to church. He meant, go and make disciples. He meant for each and every one of us to be the church to the community and to the place that he has brought us in. So when I said we don't need to go to church, that didn't mean that we will stop being the church, right? We will still be the church, but we will do it differently. What do I mean by this? We will gather and meet just like this, like everyone does on a weekend, but we will be intentional in inviting people into our lives and praying that God will open the opportunity for us to share the gospel to them. And our encouragement to do this comes from the book of Hebrews. We read in chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, it's a call for us Christians to persevere. It says, let us hold resolutely to the hope we profess for who, he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit. Let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. On our last gathering, I encourage you to go out, invite people. When we say church, we are not talking about this building. We are talking about you and me. The church is the people. And our mission as a church is more of a going out than a coming together. I'm not saying that this is not important. This is. But our purpose and mission as a church is more of a going out. I believe that deeper relationships are built when we spend time with people. Probably the closest you can get to someone here is just say, hi, how are you? How has your week been? And that's it. Deeper relationships are built when you spend time with people. When the Bible says, do not neglect meeting together, it does not only refer to gatherings like this. It means spending time with people, with your friends, with your coworkers, with your neighbors, so we can encourage one another to love and good works. And I am so blessed to see that a lot of you have taken this into heart. Those of you who were here last week and to those who were not here last week, I hope that this will really uh, encourage you. Remember, we now gather just twice a month. Remember, second and fourth Saturday of every month. We do not do this for convenience. The reason we're doing this is because as a church, we need not to just come together like this, but we need to go out and bring the church to the people who do not 
come to church. I like what Pastor Nelly said during our Build Conference, which was concluded a couple of weeks ago. He said, we gather to scatter. And this will be our theme on our next gathering on November 7. Many of us did just that in the last two weeks. And I'm so blessed and so encouraged to see those precious moments that people really took time out to spend time with others. I'm so blessed to see that many understood that the church that God wants us to be is a church that goes out to the neighbors, to the co-workers, to the friends. And i just like to share some pictures of uh, things that happen in between the services, right? Don't think that we are making our services fewer because we just want to enjoy the weekends in between. No, we have to do something about it, and that means we have to go out and spend time with people. And I'd like to share some pictures that uh, our, some of our church members and leaders have sent us. This is Jana spending time with my daughters in their tag group and spending time with an Iranian co-worker, Absun, and having the opportunity to pray for her. She's Muslim. She didn't talk about Jesus, but she prayed with her. And, you know, even Christian, non-Christians, if you ask them if I can pray for you, most of them would not say no. They would be open to that. So there's an opportunity there. This is Bing and myself. She's doing one-to-one with her brother's partner, Christy. And this is June, Bing's brother, and myself doing our weekend Bible study through Zoom back in Manila. This is Sarge and Apple having their tag weekend barbecue where they invited a new couple to their group. We had our salsa night with our Latino amigos and amigas, Alex and Rocio, Jose and Anna, and Henry, and we also invited another Alex into the group. This is the time of encouragement that we had with Alex and Rocio uh, just a couple of days ago. This is Cats and Gans spending time with their ANU friends. See, these people don't come to church, but they come to your place when you invite them, and it's a great opportunity for you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is Joel and Chris and their tag group doing a Bible study on the book of Romans, right? This is Kim and Kisley spending time with their friends over the weekend. This is Don the Internet doing one-to-one. Internet spending time with her co-workers who also do not go to church. So this is uh, Mark and uh, Don D and everyone else, uh, Jonathan and their family sharing a meal together. This is Katrina, Kiss, and Ava, uh, their regular tag dates. Nick, thank you for taking me to the countryside in Geelong and seeing the beautiful canola fields. And just to give you a little trivia, you see those purple hills? They're called Patterson's Curse, right? Patterson's Curse. So the Australian government spent a lot of money eradicating them. We haven't seen them in the past few years, but because of the heavy rains, they came back. So they're actually, uh, uh, what do you call this? They're actually poisonous, toxic to, to uh, livestock. So it's actually a, a poisonous plant, but it looks beautiful. Anyway, Nick, thank you for taking me to Geelong and seeing the beautiful canola fields. This is being having breakfast with uh, her a succulent enthusiast, sending our church friends Carlo and Jordan who are moving to the Sunshine Coast. Uh, this is Ange finishing her one-to-one. And this is Bing, uh, this is us, Dondi and, and um, Double, Internet, and uh, Ted uh, having some pizza. Bing and her tag group and sending off morning tea for Diana and Tina. 
And there are still a lot more pictures that we, we, we can share, engagement that we haven't uh, shown here. We encourage everyone to post these kinds of activities on our tag group, not because we want to create a point system who has done the most. No, it's not about that. It's about encouraging others to do the same because we as a church should do this more often. The church become meaningful this way. We become more relevant this way. But some of you would say, everyone else does that. I have non-Christian friends who go out on a weekend. They go to the beach. They go to the park. They, they do all of those things. But there's a big difference that sets the church apart. And what is that? It is the heart behind why we do these things. It is the heart that understands that we are commanded to go and make disciples. It is the heart that understands that discipleship doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional about it. Just like Paul, we need to have this eagerness. We need to feel obliged with eagerness to share Jesus to others. You need to intentionally first open up and share your life with people. Most of the time, we're just fine with our family and our small circle of friends. And we live within that circle for 20, 30 years. I'm not saying that's not good, but we are missing a big part of who we are as followers of Christ, and that is sharing Jesus to others. The reason we spend time with people is because we want to build genuine relationships with them. People are not projects. Don't think of people you'd like to engage as a project that I would, you know, someone that I would uh, project so that he or she would learn about Jesus. They are not. And we will not try to convert them. You see, I realize that many of us, many Christians or non-Christians are afraid to go to a Christian invitation. Why? because they think that they will be converted by this Christian. If you're a Christian and you invite a non-Christian friend, at the back of his or her mind, he or she would think, I know, one day this person will invite me to come and join their Bible study or go to church with them. Let us not fall into the trap of trying to change people. We cannot. Only God can do that. The thing that God wants us to do is just to love them regardless of their response or how they respond to us. There should be no hidden agenda. People can smell that from miles away. See, when you try to invite them, they would know if you have an intention to invite them to church or invite them to a Bible study. You have that in your heart, but be genuine in caring and loving others. There's this desire to share Jesus to them because we live in a world full of darkness, despair, and loneliness. And people are trying to search for answers to their questions, meaning in life that they try to find in anything else, and they cannot find it because you can only find it in Jesus. And people don't know that. We invite people simply because we love them. It is the love of Jesus that compels us to do this. I'm an introvert. I wouldn't even dare stand in front of you. You can ask my children and my wife. It may not seem like that, but I'm like that. I would rather sit in a corner when we were coming to church. We, were, we, we didn't have a church like this yet. We were going to Life UC and another church. I would sit far the corner 
so that when the, when the sermon is over, I could sprint out of the door and, you know, just be by myself. The love of Christ compels us. It's not by my power that I'm standing here. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's by the love that overflows because I felt Jesus in my life, and I just needed to share that. And I hope that you would also have that, that, that compassion, that, that love for others that would compel you to share Jesus to them. I said in our last sermon that Christians or people don't become Christians because they are invited by a Christian to a lunch or dinner, right? People don't get saved because they see that you're a good Christian. Which brings us to our next question. How does one come to faith? We all know that salvation is by God's grace through our faith and belief in Jesus alone. But how does someone we invite for coffee or for tea or for dinner actually come to saving faith? How does that happen? Let's go back to our verse in Romans. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone, whoever, anyone who completely puts their trust in Jesus will be saved. Salvation comes by God's grace through faith, belief in Jesus alone. Faith is the starting point. But we read in verse 14, how can we call on someone we don't believe? How can someone put their trust, how could someone call on Jesus if they do not believe Jesus? This is an essential element. Something has to take place for them to believe. They need to hear about him first. How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard. It is very clear here that faith comes from hearing. All right? It is the power of the spoken gospel that changes the life of people. This is where a lot of Christians miss out. And this is what I also realized in my many years of the ministry. People don't become a Christian because you are a Christian. People don't become a Christian because... They see you live your life as a Christian and witness the kind of life that you live. People will only come to faith if you tell them about Jesus, if you tell them the reason why you live your life the way you live it. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Yes, people will know there's something different about you. You're always calm and composed in the office, even if everyone else is, is crazy and going around. You're always kind and a steady person, compassionate and loving towards others. And it's good that they see that. But you need to speak your faith out as well. How many of you here who work in an office really intentionally prayerfully are extending your hand, speaking about Jesus. I know it is forbidden to talk faith into people in the workplace. They see you differently, but there will always be an opportunity to share Jesus. You just have to pray about it. We were just talking about it last night. Speaking, confessing, declaring, and proclaiming that Jesus is Lord is not an option for Christians. 
If you say you're a follower of Christ, it's not an option, I tell you. It's a calling. Telling others about Jesus is a mission for each and every one of us. That's why we're all missionaries in the true sense and meaning of it. That is the reason why Jesus commanded us to go. How are they to preach unless they are sent? There is a need for us to go out, to reach out, not just to come together. You know, the growth of our faith should not just be inward. There should be an outward growth of our faith as we share it, as we share the gospel to others. I have to warn you in advance, the moment you try to invite people and share the gospel to them, it's not going to be easy. People have lost friends and family because they became Christians, because of their faith. You would experience rejection. You would experience pain. And you would experience opposition and even persecution. We've experienced that from our own family. Some would simply not listen and believe. But these should not deter us or stop us from sharing the gospel. Those who preach the gospel would have tired, calloused feet. It will be dirty. It would be painful. But Paul said, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. If you are here today, and if you say that you are a follower of Christ, you just cannot live out the hope that you have in you. You have to speak it. You have to defend it. You have to proclaim it. You have to share it. That's why we read in verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. They come to faith not because they see you're a Christian, because they hear you proclaim and tell Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Don't wash your hand and say, that's your role, Joe. That's why you're the pastor. And that's the role of the other church leaders. Most of the people we come don't even, well, most people we know don't even come here, right? Maybe 90% of people you know, you can't even invite to church. Paraphrasing today's word, how can they call on Jesus if they do not believe Jesus? How can they believe Jesus if they do not hear about Jesus? How can they hear about Jesus if no one tells them about Jesus? And how can someone tell them about Jesus if you do not go and tell them about Jesus? How can we tell someone if we all just sit here on a Saturday morning and feel good about being a Christian? We are all missionaries. Our mission is not to save people. Only the Spirit of God can do that. It's God's Spirit that convicts a person, a person's heart. As we clearly in our study today, our role is the bearer of the good news. And we just don't carry it. We just don't live it. We speak it and we proclaim it. Paul preached Jesus in places where he was uh, rejected, persecuted, even left for dead. But he still preached anyway. And he preached it with so much eagerness and passion for the Lord. Remember the mission. I told you this the last time. The mission is not a place that you go to. The mission is your faithfulness to what God has called you to do wherever that may be. 
You don't need to be in a pulpit. You don't need to have a blog or, or a Facebook page or whatever for you to be able to accomplish this mission. Whether it's at work, at school, at home, that's your mission field. Pray how you can be an effective follower of Christ where you have been placed. Remember, every Christian is a missionary. We are called to preach the gospel. There is no excuse. Jesus said, go. He's sending me. He's sending you. He's sending all of us. The question that we need to answer is this. Are we willing to invite and invest our time in building meaningful relationships with the intention of sharing the gospel to these people? Jesus said, teach them all that I have commanded you, and he promised this. Surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Just one sharing of the gospel to one complete stranger. You wouldn't know. Pastor Steve Muriel, the founder of Every Nation, always run away from Ron who tried to share him the gospel. He would see him in the basketball court, in the cafeteria. This was sometime in the 70s. And he was always running away. But because Ron was so persistent in sharing Jesus to this person, now we have more than 500 Every Nation churches around the world. We have thousands and thousands of Every Nation church family simply because someone shared the gospel to Steve Murrell. If he didn't tell him about Jesus, then he probably wouldn't have looked him up in the dictionary and he's probably just a regular Chinese guy. Jesus said, blessed are you when people insult you, when people persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And he said, rejoice and be glad when you share the gospel to others. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. We are here today. Next week, we're going to scatter again. That is what every nation Canberra is going to be for this season. But it doesn't mean that we will stop being church. We need to go out and be intentional in making that first step. Invite a friend. You don't need to talk about Jesus. Maybe the closest they could get to a Christian feeling is when you pray before the meal or you pray for them for whatever they're going through. Spend time with others. Don't worry how you go about it because it's the Holy Spirit that will empower you and guide you and lead you. You just have to genuinely love others. My family and I and most of our leaders have been doing this for a long time. And I tell you, sometimes you see good results and there are a lot of times when you will get disappointed. There will be a lot of times when uh, people will reject you. Sometimes people will just reject Jesus altogether. There are others who would despise you. Remember, our mission is not to convert people. Our mission is to share the gospel to them regardless of how they respond. And there will be times when you will be discouraged. And I just want to share with you my run-to verse as uh, every time I get discouraged in the ministry that God has called me into. I get discouraged a lot of times, especially when you feel like you're spending a lot of time trying to share the gospel to someone and that person just totally rejects you. It says here, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Listen to this. 
always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. No matter how daunting it may seem to share Jesus to others, no matter how discouraging it may seem when you preach the gospel, the journey is hard, the road is narrow, and the walk is difficult. But always remember this, nothing that you do in the Lord, nothing will ever be in vain. Let's all stand and worship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word today. And as we go out this weekend and spend time with family and with friends, and even over the course of the next few weeks, Father, we pray for the opportunity to be presented to us, God, to just be salt and light to the community. Father, we pray that we will be faithful to your call and as we do so, Lord, we pray that your name will be glorified in how we act out this mission. We thank you for this time. Bless everyone here today. And just keep watch over us, keep us safe over the next few days. And until we meet again in this place two weeks from now, all these things we thank you for and praise you for in the most holy name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. And amen. Thank you, everybody. It was so good to see you. We'll see you again in two weeks. God bless. Have a great weekend. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every second and fourth Sunday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungalin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.